Oh, man. <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is a special episode of Not So Live on Real Estate. We have Zach Tamor on the show, who's uh, getting married soon. You got myself, Paul Paslakis, Sal Cusmano, and John Flynn. Uh, well, Zach, uh, you are recently engaged. Congratulations. I wanted everybody to know that. Thank uh, you. John is recently divorced, so we've got both ends of the spectrum here. How, huh, John? Yes, we sure do. There you go, John. Right into the mic. Okay. So we got a big show today for you. Uh, obviously, this is Not So Live on Real Estate, your source for everything real estate and mortgage related. Uh, Zach, today, uh, your special guest, he comes to us from Tamor and Associates of Keller Williams and Lakeside. Uh, you've been in the business since 2012, which is you know quite some time. You've probably seen a few things. Um, Zach's going to talk to us a little bit about for sale by owner. Does it make sense? It's a pretty easy market, but w what value does a listing agent really give? And uh, how do you search for a right home? We got some topics, some headlines, student debt undermining millennial home ownership. Are birth rates affecting the, the housing market? And last but not least, Morgan Stanley starting their own in-house mortgage company. So we'll talk a little bit about those. But let's start with Zach. Zach, uh, tell me a little bit about your history. I mean, like, how did you get into the business? I know that you you come from a long line of, of of agents in your family, right? Yeah, I do actually. You know, originally I was going to become a, a licensed builder uh, when I got out of school. Um, uh, my dad was a broker for over thirty five years, but when the market took a hit, um, I saw a disadvantage with building homes, and I went right into the real estate industry because I saw that uh, I knew that foreclosures was going to be a huge market. So. Um, you know, that being said, um, so you, know, you, you buying, saw, you saw an opportunity in a down market is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, construction just got picked back up in the last three to four years. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's a thriving industry now, but then when I got in the business, it wasn't. Yeah, no, for sure. And obviously, um, you know, for all of us, we've seen kind of the downturn and kind of the rise from the ashes for the, for the real estate market. And for those that had kind of the foresight to get into the, the market when things are kind of not, not doing all that great, I, I think uh, are seeing the fruits of their labor now. Uh, and you, you've been pretty successful um, in the market since then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. So we're going to talk about uh, for sale by owner and how does a, how to search for the right home. So, t Zach, tell me a little bit about, I mean, look, in this market, guys, um, it's pretty easy to sell a house. I mean, a listing agent has a pretty cake job, in my opinion, because you know it's such a demand. There's such a demand for housing right now. So, what value, in your opinion, Zach, does a does a listing agent really give in, in, in the yeah. seller's market? Right. I mean, all these sellers here, seller's market. How do you differentiate yourself, knowing that a seller thinks that they can put their house on the market and still sell it for top dollar? You know, I really don't think it's really a, different, a differentiation. I think it really solely is based upon experience and knowing how to get a, uh, a potential buyer who claims that they're serious to really come to the table and, and uh, commit to paying, uh, you know, the price that's right. I mean, you see a lot of these for sale by owner, um, people that come onto the marketplace and they put their home up for X amount of dollars and they say, well, Zillow told me. Well, a Zestimate is the worst worst, worst, worst possible case of a market analysis that you can ever compare your house to. Why? Um, you're comparing your house to foreclosures, sh uh, short sales. You're comparing your house to um, all these different properties. Uh, you know, they pulled the information from just a general source of uh, just not, I mean, you're, you're comparing to colonials, uh, mm -hmm. tri-levels, bi-levels. I mean, your house is a ranch. It's not comparable. 
So, I mean, so is really the only, and I'm being very, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I, I believe in the agent and in the transaction, but at the same time, is the only value to price the house right? Well, not it's not just that. It's it's also you know knowing how to you know negotiate a purchase agreement. You know, there's there's certain language now in this industry where we can get the buyer to cover a loan to value ratio difference just by a couple paragraphs or um, different verbiage or different negotiation leverage with a buyer. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I think, and John, you see this on the list side marketing of the property, I think is very big. Because if you're selling it by owner, look, it's great. You put it up on on, uh, on Zillow, you might get some looks. But how, how as a for sale by owner, are you really going to market and get it to the right people where then you can actually have multiple offer situations instead of, yeah, you might sell your house for X, but what if you had a professional do it and you sold it for X plus whatever, right? Well, I think it's it, there's a reason why we have Zach here today. It's it's finding the right person to help you market and, and put that home um out there, the home is worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Right. So if you've got some someone out there like Zach, um, for instance, that's it's going to market it and help you get it done, then you know that you've got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that's the that's the value is trying to get the most out of your property, and you know you've got to pay a professional to do that and you know but some people are saying that like was it really worth me paying 3% now in this market you're also getting people that are saying oh I'll list your house for 500 bucks but all they do is list it they don't really market it they don't do anything they don't they don't sit with the the the, the client they don't sit with the seller they don't sit there and negotiate they're not they're not all hands on deck and realistically if you want to have a professional do a professional job you've got you've got to pay pay the price right well, absolutely. But I mean, the other big thing, too, that I think um, for sale by owner, um, people need to, to also look at whenever you're talking to a real estate agent is, you know, why do you think my home is worth what it's worth? Always ask for a comparative market analysis comparable to what your home is, not what the area is doing, but what your actual home is. Is it updated? Does it have a basement? Does it have a garage? I mean, these are all key factors that come into play, especially when it comes to an appraisal. I mean, you guys know this. You guys are in the industry. Yeah, you know, so, suck. <clears throat> I mean, they they really do, and especially right now, it's it's difficult because the the inventory is so low, but the demand is so high. Yeah. So there's not a lot out there to compare to, but when buyers are willing to pay more for a house, that's where it gets more confusing. Yeah. So just so our so, listeners know, I mean, what, what Zach is talking about is, let's say you list your house for a hundred thousand. I'm just going to use that number, and uh, a buyer comes in and says, you know, there's multiple offer situations. The house goes for one twenty. Well, that house still has to appraise if there's going to be a mortgage because the, the, as a lending institution, you can, you can only lend up to the appraised value. So if that home appraises for $110,000, that buyer either has to come up with another $10,000 or they've got to lower the, the selling price, right? And being that the market's so crazy right now that a lot of these values when we're doing the appraisals aren't matching the purchase price, you got to have someone to be able to navigate that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, to Zach's point earlier, you know, to have someone who puts together, like, a contract for you with, you know, seeing this all day, something that protects that seller from not losing all of the difference between what they've sold the home for and what it actually appraises for is very important. I think, you know... The biggest thing that an agent brings in, in terms of value is probably the protection, the knowledge, and the guidance that's needed to sell your home for top dollar. Because otherwise, you can lose big. You could put yourself out there with a lot of risk and uh, end up getting sued as a seller. I love you what you said there. there. Protection, knowledge, and guidance. You should put that on your cards, Zach. I think you're right, Paul. Uh, 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Zach, tell us about what you think is important when you're looking for the right home. I mean, you probably deal with a lot of first-time home buyers. There's a big market of first-time home buyers today that don't know what to look for. And you even have like second and third-time home buyers that don't know what to look for. You know, I had a family. I'm, I'm moving up from my condo, whatever it may be. Like, how do you, uh, you know, coach or, or influence your, your buyers to make the right decision? Because sometimes... You know, someone sees a house and there's a foundation issue, but they love it. And, and like you're, you have to be the one to say that's not the right house for you. You know, also, I mean, being, coming from the construction industry, going into the real estate industry, I mean, there's a lot of key things that I look for when I, um, when I show properties. You know, the first thing that I do is, um, um, you know, I sit down with the buyer and I ask them, what are the most important things to you? Do you want, is it space? Is it an updated house? You know, uh, there's so many different factors that go into it. But the one thing I do inform all my buyers when I sit, when I first sit down with them is there's no perfect home. You're always going to have to do something to the house. You're always going to have to, you know, maybe uh, open up a wall or whatever it may be because everybody thinks their their perfect house is out there. It's not. You know, it's funny that you say that because our guest last week kind of said the same thing, the 80% rule, right? Like, is it is it 80% of the <coughs> way there? Well, if it is, it's kind of a pretty good house, right? Yeah, it's kind of what you're saying at the same time. It's like there's not, you know, that's not the perfect house. I mean, you're you're getting married, you had to make some concessions to get married, right? Yes. <laughs> you can't say that. You got to say no. She's perfect. Yeah, she's not going to. She's not going to listen to this, is she? So well, you're, you're fine. I think yes, you know she is. <laughs> and I love you, Jacqueline. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. If uh, you know, unless the house is like a concrete steel bunker, you know, like you're able to change it. Nothing's permanent, right? Well, yeah, so. that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people, too, even, they, they look for, you know, like the new thing. Um, everybody wants a finished basement. Um, you know, the house is everything that I wanted, but the basement's not finished. Well, finish it. Well, Make it the way you it. want it. You yeah. know, nowadays people are, you know, finishing the walls, putting electrical in, and spray painting the ceiling with can lighting. Yep. You know, it's a new thing. Yeah. You know, that's some what I'm people want, well, you know, they yeah. think... Um, you know, uh, they think that there's a ton of value in that. But and it's if, if someone's working with a limited budget and they don't have enough money to paint the walls after they close, maybe they need to wait. You know, I mean, if or, but, or let's be honest, it's a, it's a little bit of paint, right? But that comes down to the the whole. My whole point is when you sit down with the buyer, what is the most important thing to you? Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that you really want out of the house? Mm -hmm. Is it really just the fence? Yeah, and I think I it mean, comes or, down to it I mean, comes down to wants breaker? and needs, right? I need a kitchen. You know, because if that's the case, I'll look for all houses that have fences. Yeah, right. You know? I mean, what are your wants and needs? I mean, if, right. if your if your need is a big backyard because you have two dogs and two kids, uh, and but your want is a pool. Well, you might not get the pool, but you might get a big backyard, right? Right, exactly. So you know, yeah. and the other thing, the other factor is too. I mean, um, I never show more than five houses at a time, like in, in a, a day. In, in a day. Why? To one buyer. Got it. The reason why I do that is because it's a strategy. If you show 15 homes to a buyer in one day, they don't remember the, the third house they looked at. Yeah. That's a good, why that's would a you good do point. That? Yeah. Also, too, if you find something you like, okay, with the way houses are going within 24 to 48 hours in this market, you would be doing your buyer an injustice by taking them out and showing them as many homes as you do. Right. So I like okay. this house. Well, let's go look at some more. And the reason is, is because I look at 15 homes with you. I spend three hours with you approximately, you know, 15, 20 minutes a house. You say, oh, well, I don't remember what that one looked like, but I want to see this one the second time. By the time the second time showing gone. comes around, it's gone. Gone. It's already pending. Yeah. And I got to call my brother and my cousin, my mother, my father to come look at it. And you know what? It. Lately, what I've been doing, even in the, like May, June, I was writing purchase agreements on houses I thought my buyers would like. 
just so when they did like it, I had the agreement ready to write and send over. Wow. So I went That's prepared. how aggressive it is. You got to be oh, that aggressive, right? It's, it's very aggressive. It's, it's actually really sick, but at the same time, as long as you hire a good agent, somebody who knows the industry and knows how the market is, that's the most important part. Got it. Well, that's all you good know. stuff, man. That's all. Zach, thank you for for your insights. I'd like, I'd like you to sit in on these topics. We've got some more topics. Are you okay with that? Sure, absolutely. I know you, you might have to go do something no. for the wife. No, no. that's okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. I planned um, it an hour just for you. So. <laughs> uh, John, what what uh, what topic out of the three that we, we kind of alluded to early on would you like to go into? What do you think? Well, I'm interested in are birth rates affecting the housing market? and how that's a topic that's going to affect our listeners. Yeah, I mean, like, look, uh, so there was a study out uh, that, that uh, basically said birth rates are the lowest they've been in, since 1909 uh, for 15 to 44-year-olds. Um, and basically the, the article was alluding to the fact that this is going to cause a, a, a different market for housing. Because, look, when you have kids, living in a, living in a condo isn't really a, an option. You don't have kids, it's just you and your wife. You can live in a condo in a downtown area with no yard, and you're okay with that. What happens is when, when people have children, a lot of times they start moving away from that. They want the yard, they want the house. So basically the, the article was was alluding to the fact that um, you know, housing is going to kind of slow down on the, on the single-family side because less and less people are having kids, which is kind of interesting that you know in our in our generation i personally think it's changing i'm seeing more people have kids and i think eventually that's going to change the difference i think today and you guys can talk about this i mean sal you're a millennial you're in the heart of it i think people are just having kids later right sal i mean you're, well, i think people are having kids later but they're also having less kids less kids right like instead if, of five kids you're having two or well, one but if you look because they're hard to deal with like baby boomer baby boomer era i mean there was like six, seven kids per living household. with their two parents in a house that's 1,500 square foot. Right. So, you know, if you look at it by household or by family, I don't think that changes much. And I do think that people now uh, with rates as low as they are are able to afford a house, even if they're single or just married with one person and, and no kids, as where that was a necessity to buy a house when you had a family of, you know, four or five kids. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of different factors. You know, we got to look at inflation, blah, 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 kids, this. But, like, at the end of the day, I, I think that um, there's a lot more ability for someone who is single and or just married to buy a house as opposed to back in the day. It was it was much different. So I think it just depends on where we're comparing stats. Every time John's on the show, he raises his hand to talk. It's very awkward. Go ahead, John. I just think, you know, and I don't want to suggest that, you know, any different era was uh, was less responsible, but it's expensive to have kids, and I think that you've really got a plan for that. And with our friend on the show, Zach, you know, you're going to at some point have to come across this, and where are you going to move to, and what type of house do I need, and how big of a square footage do I need? But, I, you know, I, I can see why... You know, you you've actually got to really think your way through this thing. You know, well, the other difficult yeah. part too. I mean, there's three different factors that come into play here. You know, you have a growing family, you have a, a a low inventory market. So not only are you forced to get out and overpay for a house, I but you're that. almost forced to go get a better job to where there's more money involved. I mean, think about it. You, are you looking? 
Am I looking for what? A better job. Are you hiring? <laughs> no. Not you're you. Not? not you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't come work here anyways. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. No. You're right. You know, it, it's there's there's so many different outside factors that come into play, and I just think that... Um, look, look I, I'm looking a, around the room right now. We've got different stages, right? Uh, Sal, no kids, no, no girlfriend, no wife. Not even thinking about... Well, you're thinking about buying a house for himself. Uh, 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 Zach, engaged, good to start a family. How many kids do you want to have? Three to four. God bless. That's. I think after the first one, that'll change. Myself, <laughs> um, I'm married, have two kids, and then we've got John, who's retired and divorced and has got how many kids? Two. Two kids. So I'm just looking around the room, and I, and I, it's kind of the landscape of the of, of of the world that we live in. Look, I was living in a condo, and when I had a family, I bought a house and I overpaid for it. That's exactly what you said, right? Now, when you now you and your girl are going to get married, are you going to really go out and buy a three thousand square foot house, or are you going to buy like something that's going to fit your needs for today? You know, honestly, by the time that I, I get married in a couple years, um, a couple you years, know, the market be engaged for two years. <laughs> okay, it's whatever she wants. <laughs> but Paul, you do realize I'm that you no, know, we've you talked keep about that. showing this like cycle of life that like. G- John Flynn looms for you. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying that. Not you, saying. you like to really pick the scab there, but you know, soon we're going to be picking yours, man. Yeah, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, let's uh, wrap no. this up. I mean, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, just to get back, what I'm saying is that you know, getting married in a couple years, you know, you start, you find what they quote unquote call the starter home. You know, I'm not going to go all out and spend all this money on a home. I mean, you start out. You know, you hope to God that the market increases, you know, over five to seven years. Yeah. Once you have kids and you move into something a little bit bigger. It's the trend. It's what people do. Right. No, I agree, I agree with that. Um, who wants to get the next next topic? Sal? Well, yeah, let's talk about uh, student debt undermining millennial homeowners because I think that kind of ties in. Kind right? of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, look, we look at credit reports all day long. Uh, John, Sal, myself, because we're doing the mortgage side, right? And it is... Unbelievable the amount of student debt that we look at. I mean, look, the, the, it, and the, here's the problem with the student debt. Somebody racked up $40,000 in student debt, hypothetically, right? They get out of college and they get a job making $38,000. How are you ever going to pay back your student debt, buy a house, buy a car, and have a family? It is, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a bunch of weights weighing you down. I think this is going to be a, a problem going forward because tuitions aren't getting cheaper, right? They're getting more expensive. By the time my kids go to school, it's going to cost them $300,000 to go to school. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I think you got to look at it and kind of to your point earlier, John, you were, you were saying that uh, you're not trying to judge the responsibility of, of past eras, but if anything, they were more responsible and things were more affordable, right? I mean, a car brand new was $2,500. Now have weight and a Brand new car now is forty thousand dollars, right? Yeah, have, because the rim wheels and tires cost twenty five hundred dollars. Right. But have, crazy, yeah. but have wages increased by twenty fold like that? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Maybe by like ten or fifteen. So you got to look at like all the differences there. And uh, look, fifty thousand dollars a year today is not very much. And like a lot of people are like in that area, right? I mean, yeah. when we look at people buying the houses, I mean, you're looking anywhere from forty, fifty, sixty, seventy. And back in the day, fifty thousand was a pretty good salary. But today. I don't think it goes as far. I mean, far. if you made fifty thousand in the sixties, yeah, 
you're balling. I mean, back back in the day, it was always you know let's let's make a hundred thousand dollars, but a hundred thousand dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. I mean, not, not the it just doesn't. I mean, especially when when a house costs two hundred thousand, you've got fifty thousand dollars in student debt. I mean, John. I mean, what do you tell your? I mean, like, what do you tell people that come out with all this student debt that want to buy a house that have to pay back sixty thousand dollars in student debt and they want to take on another three hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a in a mortgage? I mean, is that is that feasible, or is it, are a lot of people just being held back by their student debt? Do you think? Well, first of all, I tell them I feel for you because yeah. when I came out of Michigan State, I had the same problems. So you know, it's 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 something you've got to factor in, and we we run through situations where the student loan debt is you know we have to manage that when we're getting them approved for a mortgage right um but at the end of the day i mean you know you start to look at what you're going to pay back based on um just i mean you've got to pay i mean you literally you've got to pay back look the number is 1.4 trillion dollars in debt in student loan debt that's a lot of money that the, the world. It's crazy. I mean, it's nuts. I mean, that is a lot of money. So, I mean, wh- when you when you talk to your your friends, I mean, you're probably dealing with first time home buyers all the time. Absolutely. And when they get when they get pre approved, and they're out, right out of college, I mean, are they basically saying like, I mean, do you talk about the student debt, or does that come up on the, on our side only? You know, when, when I when I briefly talk to some of my friends, you know, I you know, with the experience my dad's had, I kind of know how to sort of semi qualify them and say, hey, okay, I think it's I think it's right for you to call a lender. You know, if somebody tells me, oh, I make thirty thousand a year, but I got a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, or um, you know, a student loan debt, or whatever it might be, I might say, listen, I think you need to talk to them about restructuring yourself for the next three to five years to buy a house because right. I don't think you're ready. Right. You know, I just, and, and that's just being honest. You know, me telling them, oh, just call the lender and see what they can do for you. You know, there's no 75 year mortgage out there. It's still a 30 year mortgage, <laughs> and they still base <laughs> the numbers off of it. So yes, yeah, for but, sure. I mean, know, look. I think this is going to be an ongoing issue. I don't think it's going to get better. I think more and more people are going to borrow money to, to go through school because it is so expensive. Parents aren't saving like they used to. And even if they do save, they're not being able to cover their whole nut. I mean, my plan is golf scholarship. No? Yeah. yeah. You know, I actually know somebody. He's a very, very I mean, close. I'm, I, I've golfed with you. Not for me, but for my kid. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get him. But I'm, yeah. I've got, I got a club in his hand right now. I mean, he's, you know, what's funny about that is that one of my, um, actually my high school building trades teacher, his daughter was a caddy at some um, course in Bloomfield. Okay. And I forget the name of the scholarship, but it was a, um, a full ride scholarship to Michigan State full ride she didn't want to do it she didn't want to do it she didn't want to do it she caddied she did it for two years you know it was a, 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 like two summers or whatever and uh, she ended up winning the scholarship she got it so she complained for two years and then i'm going to school for free for four years god that's like hitting so, the jackpot you know what's yeah kind for of the worth, parents i think the most <laughs> so it was worth it. thing about student loan debt is that you're like 18 when you go to school right yeah, you don't absolutely. know anything and you go and you choose this degree that you know you think you want to do the rest liberal of liberal arts degree, right? <laughs> or you just say you want to get that degree, and then you end up you know going a completely different direction. I mean, yeah, I went to school for finance, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, that seems related. No, it's not. No, no, we're in sales. I'd be crunching spreadsheets. We do mortgages, if I went right. to school for that. You yeah. know, so. It's all right. I think uh, I think college is a waste of money. Personally, uh, man, I, I really do. I, I, That's I, going I really on do. the record, Paul. I'm honest, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something very acute where you need a high skill set, you can learn everything on the job. 
Like you're telling me that like being a finance guy, right? And you want to do if you went and you know, did an apprenticeship for five years at a, at a well, CPA listen, firm, listen, listen, you though. would learn more. Sure, but and, if and I, it's, if I it's didn't, infuriating. But Paul, he has to justify eight sorry. years of schooling. I, it's well, eight no, I mean, years for a four-year degree. Let if him I, talk. If I didn't do what I'm doing now, though, I would have used that degree, right? I'd be working at you know a place trying to climb the corporate ladder, doing spreadsheets. My, right. My point is though, is if you didn't go to college. And you wanted to be a CPA, or right? And you went to work for a firm for four years or five years. Sure. And wouldn't you learn more than you did in college? Now, granted, but, but college is a good time. You just can't. Unfortunately, you got to pay the bills and go. I, it's get a your racket. CPA. It's a racket, and it should be <laughs> illegal. It's a yeah. racket. It's an absolute racket. Man, I'm angry about it. It's going I, on the air, it, Paul. Yeah, I know. I know. Last That's topic. Okay. We're gonna make this one a quick one. I'm sorry, I went off the rails a little bit. Man, I know. Are you are you sad you didn't go to school? Whew, I did go. That's the problem. <laughs> I went and it's worthless. You just didn't finish, right? I absolutely <laughs> finished. I absolutely finished. It was a waste of money and time. It's just crazy. Uh, anyway, sorry. Morgan Stanley <laughs> is starting their own in-house mortgage company. They actually had a mortgage company. They had partnered up with a couple different people. The last partnership they had was PHH uh, was the uh, the people. Basically, Morgan Stanley would give their clients mortgages through another company. Uh, PHH was the last one. <clears throat> PHH went out of business, and now Morgan Stanley is saying we're going to start our own in-house business. What I think this illustrates more than anything, and I'm just going to make this very quick, is the mortgage industry is super complicated. With the amount of regulation and things that we have to navigate, it is difficult to, to start and be in this business. And just because you're Morgan Stanley doesn't mean that you're going to have success. Walmart tried to do it. There's a, diff a lot of different companies that try to get into the mortgage business. It is a super complicated business, and I don't think it's for the faint of heart. And I don't think just because you're a big conglomerate, you can just jump in it and, and have a mortgage well, company. I, I think you know a company like that who manages people's investments think that they have a great opportunity to... Uh, help their clients out and make more money. Really, that's, it's really that's a, the it's a money grab. But yeah. that opens them up to a lot more risk. I mean, if they're managing someone who has a couple million of assets and they do a bad job on their mortgage, they Peace can out. flip and go somewhere else. See you which later. you know, at that point, Morgan Stanley loses. So I, I don't think it's a good play. I think that you should leave mortgages to mortgage companies. Yeah. And, let yeah, Morgan Stanley, invest your money. I agree. I, I don't know. I don't know that it's a good move. So we will see how that plays out. Uh, I think we, it's a story we follow. We'll, we'll revisit it again. Zach Tamor, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Um, you can call me directly, actually. Um, one of which you can call me at my office at 586 532 0500, or you can contact me on my cell phone at 586 604 3246. Um, always feel free to text me or call me. Uh, I'm always available and um, look forward to helping you guys out. Zach is literally one of the best in the business. We love working with you. Appreciate you having on the show. Uh, uh, that's not very nice. Uh, we've got um, okay, very good show, guys. Uh, John Flynn, thank you. Sal Kuzmano, thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Have a great day and God bless your marriage and your engagement. I hope it all goes well. Really. Thank you. It I will. Do. I Thanks. do. Congratulations. All right.